1: You're not alone, Spike. Who's that? Come out where I can see you. Spike. Ooh. Oh. They're supposed to scare me. You have any idea who you're dealing with? I mean, yeah, of course. And, no, I wasn't trying to scare you. I'm just, you know, I'm goofing around, right? <laughs> it gets boring just hanging around this place. I mean, I, I could have been cursed to haunt a house, maybe. One with regular foot traffic, or any foot traffic. I mean, haunting a cemetery, it just feels so... I don't know. Redundant.
0: To buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we used to be watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. But now we are listening to and discussing every episode of Slayers, a Buffyverse story, also one by one, also spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and I am Kristen Russo. I would
1: say that this is a podcastception. Right, like that's that's what's happening here. Podcast inside of a podcast, podcasting about a podcast.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: This week, we are here to talk to you. Finally, thank you for your patience. Uh, we had a, we hit a couple of bumps in the road on our way to episode five. We are talking about episode five of Slayers, a Buffy verse story.
0: Episode five was written and directed by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden, and co-directed and produced by Casey Wayland. It originally aired in a full season binge drop on October 12th, 2023. And this is the one, according to
1: Kristen Russo, where Jonathan is a ghost in the alternate universe of Sunnydale and Anyanka is stuck in the body of Jasper. We love to see it. It is also the one where, notably, I think, we get some big Cordelia backstory from the alternate mm. universe. Um, mm-hmm. Jenny? Mm-hmm almost called you Jennifer right Yo. at the top just because I felt like I was getting serious. Uh, big thoughts on episode five of Slayers.
0: My biggest thought is that we were gonna take this episode <laughs> so long ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I took my notes so long ago <laughs> that if I ever, it's really hard these days for me to hold on to any uh, big thoughts. Mm-hmm even for a moment. Mm -hmm. And with the time that has elapsed, uh, my my big thoughts have evaporated into the ether. Um, But I am excited to be back.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be back too. Yeah, I mean, so I have sort of a a dovetailed experience, but not quite the same experience where I... There was such a huge gap for me between episodes four and five, not in my original listen, of course, because I listened to them all um, before they released. But this listen, I was like, okay, what's happening now? But um, I I think that some things in this episode are executed in ways that I am delighted by. Um, I think, you know, Jonathan and Jonathan's like Danny Strong's performance, I think, is something that I celebrate. I was really, really happy about that. Um, and then I also, I'm just Emma, Emma Caulfield, um, be my best friend because I just think that her performance is so good and she's doing so much. Um, I ha- I'll have a lot to say about the Cordelia backstory when we get there. Um, I will say like, I'm still, as a listener, I'm still struggling with the, massive amount of new lore that's being told to me and you know that like with the Kurgan stuff that we're learning and the spell the sunlight spell I really don't know when I read it on the page I can retain it but as a listener I struggle with the amount of information that um, I'm hearing inside of each episode Um, so that still was present for me in this one
0: I do feel like it might be easier to ingest and retain if there wasn't like it feels like there's a just a ton of new stuff flying around yeah we've got the whole you know a vengeance demon actually possess you know like that whole deal and this queen of vampires and the queen of black magic and all of the kurgan stuff which is like not just one thing yes it's like kind of you know it, and a lot of the kurgan stuff i think is very very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the story might possibly be better served if we were just, like, focusing on that. If We were just building that without, like, kind of yeah adding on all of these other additional sort of, like, trappings that don't necessarily feel essential to the story. Yeah, yeah. You know, it feels like maybe there are some things that could be pared away that, like, would make it easier to experience, mm-hmm. you know, like, the core of what they're getting at. Also like the we've got ghouls, ghouls in the cemetery. Yep. Uh we've never had a ghoul before. We've never had a demon or human inside trapped inside the body of an animal. I don't think. Oh uh, yeah, I don't think we've had that for sure. And
1: also um, I mean maybe this is some uh, the the whole concept of vampires also like you talked about the concept of the vengeance demon being an outside presence that comes in, but I don't know that we've ever really discussed vampires as existing ephemerally and then entering the body of the person who has been sired by another vampire. Like, that also is a pretty massive thing.
0: Within the realm of the show, you know, I feel like vampires have... Been talked about as uh human demon hybrids. Right. Right. And so I like guess I guess imply- through a certain lens, like a demon possessing a human body or whatever. And and like Angel from day one kind of like supports that idea. Right. Like he he has he get yourself a man who can do both. <laughs> Uh, he's doing both as hard as he can.
1: Well, it's, it's, Uh, and this is not, this is not, the show is, this podcast, this, uh, Slayers is not responsible for this, but I think that like some of the muddiness of it comes with the soul, right? Because it's like either a vampire is like the person without the soul or a vampire is a person with this ephemeral demon inside of it we're doing kind of both. And that's not the that's not the Slayer's uh, doing. It's just like, I think that's right, why- Right, right, right. Which, like, and not that it has to be one or the other, but I think it's just a little bit muddy um, when we get into that realm. But all that to say, there is a lot. And I think to your point, Jenny, and maybe this wasn't your point, but what you just said made me think about the fact that what's happening in the Drusilla-Terra storyline and the Kurgan and the sunlight spell and all of that, I think feels so different narratively from what is happening, especially like in this episode, right? When we are going to the magic box and Anya's landed there, when we're going to the zoo and it's Giles and Clem, when we're going to the cemetery and it's ghost Jonathan and Spike, that feels like a particular kind of story and a a particular kind of listen. But when we go to Drusilla and Tara and we're doing the Kurgan stuff, it feels very different to me. And so I don't know that this is what you were even saying, but I do wonder if the if the way that the story was being told was m- consistent that like maybe my ears would pick it up better but when i go from like thinking about where hyenas in the zoo to like thinking about the physical needs of a spell and the metaphysical needs of a spell in detail it's hard for me personally to like follow it uh, as much as i would like to
0: yeah yeah i think tonally it's like it's kind of okay so i'm thinking like about the television series really threading the needle uh, between sort of like the dark dramatics and rich emotionalism and then like the really funny stuff. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with a few exceptions, Buffy like always kind of keeps its scope. Like there's there's a very consistent feeling North Star. Throughout any given set of circumstances, or like any new monster, or whatever, like mm-hmm. it all feels kind of like one thing. But here we have like uh, the spectrum feels wide, and and the spectrum feels like it feels like uh, the elements of of this series so far are, like landing kind of on either side of the center lane yeah. that I think Buffy often found itself on. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it feels like maybe just like. I feel like I don't need quite so many ingredients. Yeah. yeah. And maybe the ingredients are, like, getting in the way of, like, yeah. the core of the thing. Yeah. The meat. Yeah. Um, But you have told me numerous times.
1: Yeah. Uh, that there I, are things ahead. There are uh, things ahead. And and I, you know, and I think I'm repeating myself from other pods at this point uh, discussing this series. But, you know, I have a lot more room for, for First episodes, first seasons of things than I,
0: oh yeah, have
1: ever had because I now uh, like have more understanding of the way things are made and telling story and how things can be very tricky and so I you know I still I have a lot of room for the lift that's being done here but yeah I I my I can only tell you that past Kristen was. Struggling with the things that current Kristen is struggling with. And then past Kristen got to like episodes. I really think it was like seven, eight, nine where I was like, what, 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 what? Like, you know, it really <laughs> cranked up for me. So we'll see. We'll see if current Kristen feels the same way past Kristen did. We'll get to talk about it here. But in the meantime, why don't we um dig in to this episode?
0: Okay. Is... They're like a really significant reason for Jonathan to be here. <laughs> Maybe not, <laughs> because Danny but, Strong said yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, we don't know that. I'm, I i do not know that. I'm just opining. But like, you know,
0: I think. <laughs> I mean, adding another element. You know, adding another alternate reality version of a character we already know who is a ghost haunting a cemetery that's full of ghouls that are now going to eat the flesh of the dead right off the bone of Spike uh etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. this is like more more stuff and could we get where we're going you know could we get what we're going to get from Jonathan some other way without adding additional elements yeah but If Danny Strong says yes, if we're getting the band back together, you know, like we're getting the band back together and it's fun and it's great. To hear Danny Strong going, Woo. <laughs>
1: Danny Strong loves nothing more than getting to be a ghost. Let's just be really clear. There, we yeah. have the scripts, and I knew before I even had the scripts that there were some lines here from Ghost Jonathan in this episode that were definitely not scripted, but that is confirmed by me having the script in my <laughs> hand that he is just ghosting ah. the fuck out. Um, I love ghosting it. This, I, you know, I do you think that there are sometimes when things are added and like what have you. I also know that, like, I am a fan, and so, like, there are elements that perhaps are done for me to simply enjoy it, and, and therefore, I simply am enjoying it. But Ghost Jonathan is working for me, um, partially because, um, I love. Danny Strong so much and I think it's really fun to have his energy in the universe he has a very Jonathan is a very particular Buffy character that like Clem honestly like not that they're not Clem and Jonathan are alike but that like there isn't really another Clem there isn't really another Jonathan like they're so unique in what they bring to the Buffyverse um and so I'm delighted to have him here was really interested and I I know we're like you know sort of doing a scene by scene here but since we're on Jonathan I, I would love your thoughts on alternate universe Jonathan because we kind of learned that in this universe Jonathan was not part of a trio he was simply evil on his own which is so wild to me because I don't know how we get there in what we know about our Jonathan you know
0: Yeah, well, I certainly, hopefully there's just no Warren in this reality, which would make it a better world, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, But where's Andrew?
1: Where's Andrew? And also just like, I mean, I guess the, the like moment I had with it, and we don't have to like dissect this too much, but was that to me, Jonathan and Andrew were the products of folks who, when they stand too close to really bad shit, are very malleable and just kind of go go mm-hmm. that way. Go that way, right? Like when we saw the trio, True, sure. Warren was the most necessary ingredient of that trio for it to be as evil as it was. Mostly yeah. Andrew just wanted to make out with uh, Warren and Jonathan was like really excited to be palling around with a bunch of nerds and getting to use his nerddom. Um, and mm-hmm. he, of course, likes the idea of power. I, just, uh, I was just like, well, how did Jonathan turn evil here without a Warren, you know? Um, who is Jonathan without Warren? Who does he become? Mm. Anyway, this Jonathan um, has, a it seems like, a huge vendetta against Cordelia, but also, you know, thinks Cordelia is very attractive. So same, same. I feel you, Jonathan. Um, but <laughs> we learn that Anya trapped Jonathan in the cemetery. And we also learned, to your point earlier, Jenny, that there are ghouls. Yes. I don't understand why yep. Drusilla would ha- be fucking around with ghouls. Why does she care wh- Why does she care if the ghouls eat the bodies of the victims of the vampires? Why does this... It just feels like Drusilla maybe needs to take a step back, okay? Too, yeah, too it much. seems
0: kind of speciesist. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know? Like, you're not going to use them. You killed them. You're just going to leave their bodies there. Why can't the ghouls have some, too?
0: Yeah... I don't know. Maybe, you know, uh, slurper's remorse. You decide six hours (laughs) later you want to go back and turn the victim. Oh, oh Um, my God. Jenny. Honestly, the reason
1: why it's important that we podcast is so that Jenny can invent something called
0: slurper's remorse. Who amongst us has not experienced slurper's remorse? Unbelievable. Uh, Something that I do like about the cemeteries, the jaunty harpsichord music.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too.
0: <laughs> I like it a lot.
1: Um, Listen, Jonathan, fucking bisexual representation. You know what I mean? Just out here, absolutely drooling all over Spike, punching ghouls. It's great. It's good. He says all manly blonde swagger uh, about (laughs) Spike and later says that watching this is sexy. Literally uses the word sexy. Why do I feel like this is Danny Strong adding to the script? You know what I mean? Like like, Mm -hmm. it's in the script, but why do I feel like Danny Strong was like, listen, Jonathan would totally think this is hot.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe you're just experiencing a self-evident truth self-evidentializing wow yeah
1: okay so over at the sunnydale docks uh last time we were here i think faith was fighting trick i we don't get much of the sunnydale docks but here they are
0: (laughs) (laughs) yet another character we didn't necessarily need but are happy to see the sunnydale docks (laughs) Um, basically, (laughs) Giles is like, well, they're no longer used for commercial fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, don't you live in England? (laughs) (laughs) But Clem, I mean, like Clem
1: doing the service of the listener here too, just being like, what does it feel like to know shit like this? You fucking weirdo. Um. I, I will say that I love the Clem and Giles pairing. And so I would like to call for a tiny little sound clip to support my love of these two. Uh, let's hear them. Basically, uh, we should set up the fact that last episode, everyone was shuttled to the alternate uh reality right and they were not all of them were supposed to go and the ones that did were supposed to remain together but Anya's magic was chaotic and so they've been flung across Sunnydale probably which is why it made the Sunnydale ducks necessary because they needed multiple locations wish we had gotten the espresso (laughs) pump just saying um Mm. anyhow Uh, I do love Clem and Giles are together by themselves. Spike was alone by himself. That's why he was talking to Jonathan in the cemetery. And uh, Mm -hmm. I love this duo. So let us hear them in one of their very first exchanges in the alternate universe.
0: You and I have different ideas about magic, Roop. You ask me, this is magic. Right here. You and me on an adventure. Kill me now.
1: Where's Faith? I know that, that has nothing to do with anything except for that. We're talking about the Sunnydale docs, but like what, where's Faith? What's she doing? What's she up to? Is alternate reality Faith the same? Like, I just feel like Faith is absolutely identical in any reality. She's like consistent.
0: I would really love to know, but I, my sense is that we, no matter how long this goes on for, we, will we never, never know. will.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I Unless agree. they recast her. I don't think that Eliza would come back. Unless unless but i don't think
1: I, I don't think that she would either um and i would pray that we do not ever recast <laughs> don't, don't
0: you, you, d- don't, you <laughs> don't you dare don't you dare don't you
1: dare um <laughs> but maybe we'll get at least get a little bit more uh, told to us you know about faith
0: yeah 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 okay um Kristen, one thing we didn't mention at the top, this episode didn't have a previously on. Oh, yeah. I meant to say that, too. And the first no know previously's.
1: And like in my mind, and I don't actually think that this is the vibe, but in my mind, I was like, maybe in the alternate reality, maybe any episode that starts in the alternate reality doesn't get a Spike monologue. Like, maybe that's what differentiates, but I just made that up right now. You'd think that I wouldn't have to make it up since I've listened to all the episodes, but Jenny, I have no idea if there's previously <laughs> or where any of the rest <laughs> of them start. Oh. <laughs> um, great, great, great. I think also they were probably like, uh, the end of episode four, they all just got whooshed away. Clearly they'll just go right to the next episode. And they were right, unless you were me and had to deal with family stuff and took a month to get here. Whew. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think this is good. Um, I, you know, I'm always happy to hear a little wee and Spike being all like, where were we, Jenny? Uh,
1: um, I have a proposition for you. Yeah, if we do. Uh it's long been rumored that perhaps one day we might do once more with spoilers a Buffy podcast where we cover the show once more but this time we uh have with spo- spoilers with spoilers if wow. we if we should realize this dream someday uh i think that we should start every episode with you doing a previously on with a little guitar solo behind it okay <laughs> You don't have to write a song for every episode <laughs> this time. You just have to give us the previously on, <laughs> okay. you
0: know. Okay. All right. I'll think about it.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, Back in the cemetery, we get another Guts for Garters. We talked about this in, I think, an X-Files episode. So just in case you missed it. um. I said I had never heard the phrase. Jenny wasn't paying attention to me, so she sounded like she was agreeing that she had never heard the phrase. Everyone was like, how have <laughs> Kristen and Jenny never heard the phrase guts for garters? Jenny retroactively said she definitely heard the phrase. <laughs> uh, the phrase is back again, and Jonathan says that's such an odd expression and an even worse image. So a lot happening with guts for garters. I just wanted to come clean. I am the, as makes sense, I am the only one who the did only, that. The only. The yeah. only one yeah yeah and I'm the only one who They're, never okay. knows
0: anything no okay uh so yeah. close so close <laughs> um, see, and this is why I don't listen to you <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that feeling when you sit on your own crypt, rest in peace, me,
1: <laughs> do you think that you'd be stoked if you sat down on your Like gravestone but it was a fucking mausoleum like do you think you'd be like oh fuck yeah Yeah.
0: and it was like covered in flowers because uh you were so adored such a rock star
1: vampire that people come from all over to lay flowers at your grave spike is more weirded out about this than i felt like he would be like i i'm here for it i like it he's grown yeah he is
0: he's uh What I really want to know is, fellas, is it gay to identify as Dorothy from Kansas multiple times?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think that is just literally, that is quite literally the definition. That is literally the phrasing uh,
0: historically used. uh, Not just a friend of Dorothy. (laughs) actually Dorothy but but the maybe friend a friend of, of a friend of Dorothy <laughs> friend of who is Dorothy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked back at the beach <laughs> I saw one set of footprints and that is where you Dorothy'd me along
1: we're really going off the rails is this good here? is oh. this a good
0: podcast <laughs>
1: Uh, but maybe friend, maybe the new uh, iteration of Friends of Dorothy is actually just friend, a friend of Spike. You know.
0: <gasps> so, listen.
1: Mm. Oh, we yeah. find out here <laughs> this is what
0: seems, what seems like you know fairly. This is what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, that Cordelia killed alternate reality Spike. Yeah. Which is
1: which gives some reason and some heft to why Drusilla is so focused on killing Cordelia, even though there's this whole sunlight spell thing happening.
0: And why Cordelia, one of the reasons why it's really easy for Cordelia to view Spike as uh, expendable. Totally. He's already gone.
1: Already gone once. Might as well go again.
0: Yeah. Um, so Jonathan is going to try to locate Cordelia and Indira on the spirit plane, for spike in exchange for spike asking Anya very nicely to remove the curse on Jonathan w- that holds him haunting the cemetery for all time right what did Jonathan do to
1: Anya please tell me
0: um here are some here's some things okay here are some theories great um a number 1 i don't know if you've heard but Anya and Taro were best friends <laughs> Oh, just best friends nothing more yeah so did jonathan kill willow oh my god <laughs> starting willow there Dick swinging
1: hard
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i have some other ideas but this is my <laughs> this is number one willow and tara were dating in the alternate reality and jonathan killed Willow. Okay. 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 Yeah, I like it. Put Uh, it on the board. Okay. Um Anya had a dog before Jasper (gasps) who met an untimely death
1: at the hands of Jonathan. Oh my god. Jonathan was actually Anya's dog walker and through a mere accident. (gasps) (laughs) It wasn't even Jonathan didn't even mean to do it, actually. Okay.
0: Uh, Jonathan shoplifted from the magic box. Mm.
1: That tracks, that tracks across many, many planes, actually. He needs Let so it, much. W- let's
0: just, the thing is though, that, how did Jonathan die? Did Anya kill Jonathan and then curse his ghost?
1: Or did or... Jonathan die and then Anya was like, hey, you're banished?
0: Yeah. Can't wait to find out.
1: Um, I'm flying away, by the way, is the line. Absolutely not in the script that I
0: fully knew (laughs) was flying
1: away. We have we have commented uh, for some other episodes that we don't need to be told everything. This is a place where I disagree with us. We absolutely needed this exposition. We we needed to know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, to the magic box. Anya
0: by herself. No Jasper. Oh, no. Everything in the magic box is busted up. She assumes by Drusilla. She mentions the world of shrimp drink.
1: Yeah, that's on your bingo card. It fucking better be. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And then before we get too much further in the magic box, we cut over to Drusilla's lair. Jenny, um, really importantly, I thought that you would be in solidarity with Juliet Landau because the script actually calls for Drusilla to say, Oh, poo, what is it this time? And she decidedly does not say that. What does she say? I think she just says, oh, you know what I mean? Like she just takes poo out of the equation. She was like, Drusilla would never. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Oh, so I have something for this. And this is probably, I mean, you probably could gather this uh, just with your own brains. But when I saw the list of, uh, when I heard this actually the first time and I heard the list of, uh, names that Tara was calling on in this opening, but sp- she's doing the sunlight spell, working on the sunlight spell. I was like, these mm. clearly have to be actual names. Uh, and they are. So she, she says, uh, and I'm, I apologize if I'm pronouncing anything wrong. She says Capri, uh, Bell, Surya, and Shamash. Uh, Capri was an Egyptian uh, god who represented the sun. Also this god, I just had to have to say, Jenny is a scarab faced god. It's a, its face is a scarab beetle. Ooh.
0: Um,
1: Malikbel is a Syrian sun god. Uh, also something I found very interesting about Molochbel is that it was actually, um, a, part of a trinity with uh, Aglibal, which is the moon god, and uh, Balshamin, which was the sky god. I just thought it was a really cool trinity. Since I'm so used to, you know, father, son, and holy spirit, <laughs> really liked sun, moon, and sky as my trinity. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm also with you. Uh, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, Surya is a Hindu god of the sun, and then Shamash is a from the Mesopotamian religion, um, and that's the name of their sun god. So these are all rooted in, um, you know, real religious cultural places, uh, which I thought was fun. Cool. So this is where we learn. Uh, yeah. Take us. Take us through. Take us on a journey.
0: <laughs> okay. Vampires burn in the sun because the demons inside them burn right vampires are like prepare yourself hermit crabs (laughs) draining a human invites an ephemeral vampire into the dead body give me a
1: side by side of Lestat and a a hermit crab (laughs) like just I just want them next to each other just for fun okay okay
0: (laughs) There's a <laughs> there's a meme going around right now of uh Lestat uh of Tom Cruise like necking with wrapped it in the caption is like what
1: kind of interview is this <laughs> yes I've seen, it. I've seen it i've seen
0: it hell
1: yeah <laughs> uh we should do a side we should do a side coverage at some point one day of the television show interview with a vampire have you watched it yet mm. you've watched it i have not <gasps> i haven't oh god so. you've had a child and i don't even
0: recognize you you know what i mean yeah, no, I know. All right, well, good. Don't watch it. We can I'm saving it. myself for our coverage, Perfect. our inevitable, glorious coverage. Um, okay, so this sort of spin on the lore, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Tara concludes that the solution isn't about changing vampire physiology entirely, but to change the skin mm-hmm. to make the skin become armor Against the sun mm-hmm. to protect the demon inside and trick the sun into thinking you're not a vampire at all. Right. This is interesting.
1: Yeah, I am interested. My, I am the. Speaking of memes, I am the math meme. You know, like uh-huh, uh-huh, this is uh-huh. advanced level shit. Call Hermione. But this is yeah. above my. I am the Ron. Does... in this situation.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not Hermione. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, really oh, really meme heavy episode. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just two 42 this, year olds to make yeah, it a podcast. We're very cool and hip. Inevitable. Our fingers are pressed yeah. lightly upon the pulse uh-huh. of the youth. This feels unnecessarily complicated. I don't want to feel like I'm doing mathematics Um. yeah
1: and uh, right but but also like it is interesting and so like I'm here for it it's interesting and it's complicated and this is one of those places where again really easy to be the listener and to have feedback right but um Mm. it is one of the places where I'm like you know how sometimes you get a book like I read Nona the ninth and Harrow the ninth and Gideon the ninth everyone is so mad at me because I said them all out of order but you know those books are really complicated books about like necromancy there's nine worlds there's a lot to go on and so you have like the thing at the front of the book where you can like go back and be like wait what are these kinds of necromancers what does this house represent and so like Mm. this can't exist in audio form really but like i just wonder when it comes to lore that is this specific and this complicated and this heavy Ha- there has to be a way to help us the listener digest it and understand it and use it to then listen to the story itself without it having without the story having to carry the weight of teaching us this stuff it just feels like an impossible lift yeah. to do seamlessly um yeah
0: i mean you think about like the base the show is like built upon Lore that that we are largely already aware of it has already been absorbed into our consciousness just by virtue of being alive. Mm-hmm. Vampires are a part of the collective consciousness and like certain aspects of the lore are just like readily available in our brains. Right. Part of me wonders like is there a way for this like specific like the lore expansion of this specific thing to have been like parceled out over a number of episodes, mm-hmm. would it be easier if we were watching an episode of television to absorb this? I'm like thinking about lore, like made up lore that gets, gets introduced in the series and it's usually episode specific, yep. one demon that has a particular goal and it's usually fairly simple. It's like they wanna destroy the world. And you need to just punch the jewel in between their eyes. That's yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, But this like this is like, you know, it's really interesting um, and changes the way that we think right about Mm -hmm. this very familiar idea. Uh, But it's hard to absorb this much new information about something that like, you know, you're already familiar with and like apply it while also experiencing the story and like ingesting that. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Totally. Made sense to me. But I like, I really like all of this, like, you know, uh, make the skin become armor to protect the demon inside. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we change the way that the sun interacts with a vampire? Like, that's all very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Before we uh, get to the next piece of this with Bang and the minions, um, we also see that Drusilla learns a little bit more about Kurgan, um, that Kurgan wanted to be the god of the vampires. (laughs) Drusilla's like, LOL, that's not real. That's fake. Um Okay, so the minions volunteer as tribute. Um, Tara says she's not ready to do this spell yet, but the minions are like, hey, we say we serve Drusilla, and Drusilla is really impatient, so why don't you at least try it out on us? We're here to lay down our lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Tara takes a stab at this, and they set, they, at first, they feel great. And I honestly like, had a little pang of like oh buddy when one of the minions is like the warmth on my skin I'd almost forgotten what this felt like like it's like like you never really think about that because that is quite a very specific feeling and it's very nice and they never get to feel that that's sad um but then of course they all set
0: on fire (gasps) do you think vampires can go tanning tanning? (gasps) surely angel goes tanning
1: I was going to say, there isn't a world in which Angel didn't have those tiny little fucking goggles over his fucking eyes with a spiky hair <laughs> in a fucking tanning bed. Like, we've seen, like, 70s Angel, but, like, show me 80s Angel who went tanning and, like, mm. greased his body up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the minion set on fire. The spell doesn't work. Uh, the sunlight has somehow, it is inside of them. But then also Tara, like, slows that so that they don't burn right away. There's just so much happening.
0: There's a lot happening. And that's not
1: all. Kristen. That isn't all. Um, You know that feeling when, actually, I'm just going to play the sound clip, okay? Because Kurgan is inside of Tara, and I would like to, I know, I, I listen, phrasing, but the the show, yeah. the show will carry that torch for us. Let's hear mm-hmm. Drusilla and Tara slash Drusilla and Kurgan uh, in this scene.
0: Hello in there. Who are you? Why are you hiding inside my Tara?
1: She knows. She knows who I am.
0: Tara, how could you? You have a man hiding inside you, and
1: you didn't tell me. That feeling when... Yeah, this <laughs> you know, but don't cheat on your partners, be honest with your partners, uh, be open about what you'd like to be doing, and if you have uh, the soul. A man hiding inside if you. If you have a man hiding inside of you, you know, pro- you probably should have a discussion about that, um, you know, according to Drusilla. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay. So this is a plot twist. The soul Kurgan actually like because the vibe was like Kurgan wanted to be immortal, but then he wasn't successful in that, right? And so he like put his soul into the grimoire. But then turns out, kind of, you are immortal actually if you preserve your soul somewhere because then your soul can just go inside of the body of the person who opens your grimoire, right?
0: Kristen, what if I told you that? <laughs> While you were saying that. You didn't hear any of it. Well, in my defense, (laughs) I received a photo Uh with the following caption. He's eating an entire tomato like an apple. (gasps) And the photo is of my son. A boy after my own
1: heart. You know that that's how (laughs) I used to eat tomatoes as a child. And in high school, I would come home, just pick up a whole tomato. Yeah. Yeah. You know 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 how I feel about your son, but he just fucking went up a few notches for me.
0: (laughs) So you can forgive me for tuning you out. Honestly,
1: Aldrich eating a tomato like an apple is greater than Kurgan inside of the body of Tara.
0: I agree with you. This is should we change what the podcast is about?
1: (laughs) Special new segment. uh,
0: Like detailed descriptions of photos of my son. Yeah. Yeah. It's a new segment called What's He Doing? (laughs)
1: He's eating an entire tomato like an apple. I love him. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream,
0: available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so uh, what's going on? Andre Kurgan possessing people, his soul, he put his soul into the grimoire. It's, and I quote, the only thing that makes sense... Do you, okay, first of all, both of you to say that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> also, at this
1: point, the grimoire definitely has an eyeball that blinks on the cover, right? Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, book! <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, Okay, and then there's more here. And this, I actually... I would I would consider myself fairly knowledgeable in the universe of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But... Tara uh, does the spell. It drains her. We learn that Kurgan is also hanging out in there. And then she's so drained that she needs a witch. And the witch that is brought up is Althania. And in the audio, you're definitely told that, you know, we know Althania because good Tara is like, no, no, not you. And I was like, who is this? I I had to look it up. Did you know who Althania was? Uh, let me guess. Oh, yeah. And my guess, I think, was actually right. So guess.
0: Okay. So during Willow's rehabilitation, she went to England and subsequently, even after coming back to the United States, I think received support from a coven that I believe was based in Devon. So was this? Yes. The head witch in charge? Ding,
1: ding, ding. H W I K Alpha Um, That is exactly Tremendous. who this is. Tremendous. <clears throat> um, I have referred to her as Chekhov's Althania. Uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm sorry, but when a when a witch is drained, and is specifically, you hear someone say, "Don't actually finish her off; save her for leftovers <laughs> for later," I feel like yeah. it just makes her automatically Chekhov's Althania. So,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yes. All right, yes. Mm. Um, so Tara can have leftovers
1: leftovers because Althania is so powerful no need to devour her all at once
0: um who boy yeah Tara has a slurp and then and then okay I just feel like a busker is busking buskily buskily (laughs) busking buskily (laughs) across the room (laughs) Uh <laughs> um, yeah, this is I mean, this is obviously the song is obviously intended to be a joke, but it also just like bums me out for country music, uh, mm-hmm. that this is what a lot of people think about country music, but also country music has done this to itself. It is reaping <laughs> what it has sown. Uh, it's just so complicated. You know the other day, Kristen, mm-hmm. I was like. Uh, I was looking after Aldrich by myself, and I was like, I'm going to play Aldrich's some Johnny Cash. He's going to hear his first Johnny Cash. And so I put on um, one of my go-to Johnny Cash albums, uh, Live at Folsom Prison. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like it opens with Folsom Prison, which, of course, includes the lyric, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. And I was like, oh, God. OK, uh, <laughs> let's don't pay attention. It's a made up. It, it's ketchup. It's, it's actually ketchup. <laughs> yeah, it's ketchup. <laughs> so I hit skip to the next track, which is, of course, uh, Cocaine Blues. <laughs> um in which uh, there is yet another lyric <laughs> that is something like, I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down. <laughs> and I was like, Aldrich, no, it's it's ketchup and sugar. <laughs> it's sugar and ketchup. Uh, pay no mind. And then I just went through and then I switched over to uh, live at San Quentin. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of shooting people <laughs> and doing cocaine, it turns out. <laughs> and and that to me is really the essence of country music oh my god uh not not your wife and your dog leaving you uh,
1: yeah 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 that's fair
0: that's fair a good case oh, if they do leave you it's because you shot them <laughs> and did some cocaine <laughs> oh god
1: I just now have a vision of like Aldrich listening to Johnny Cash while eating a tomato like just fucking chomping yeah listen, you
0: know Yeah. 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 (sighs) Well,
1: yes. The busker busks buskily. And these are this is a (laughs) busker vampire. Their names in the script are busker vampire and worried vampire. (laughs) And so the worried vampire is like, yo, did you hear the Slayer's back? We got to go. And they rush off, which clears the stage. Uh, of the streets of Sunnydale, the,
0: the worried vampire is like, "Wow, you've got a great hustle going on." But let me tell you what I would do if I—I I wouldn't be getting anywhere near this. Busker. Somebody singing the song, <laughs> yeah. I'd be crossing the street myself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, so this is when we get the Cordelia and Dira conversation. So Cordy and Dira stayed together in this, uh, whatever we call it, zooping to the other reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cordelia is, you know, she's not telling us a lot about her life herself, right? That's her vibe. She doesn't want to talk to you. She's not your friend. She just has business to do. She's lost a lot, et cetera. Um, so we learn a few things. Cordelia came to Sunnydale when she was 12. So she did come to Sunnydale earlier than Buffy, uh, in Buffy's universe. We also learn that, Cordelia's sister died. We knew that. But Cordelia blames herself. When Indira asks her for any details, Cordelia is like, shut up. <laughs> we don't talk about that here.
0: But then she does.
1: But then she does. Indira says, I'm here. I traveled across realities to help you. I'm fighting alongside you. I think I deserve to know why. Um, and Cordelia says they're not friends. Indira. But I, I just, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but... Leia, Leia's ability to deliver lines with very distinct. We talked to Casey. If you listen to our interview with Casey, you know that he was talking about how like to do Jasper, they needed like all these specific kinds of sounds to mean different things from Jasper. Leia's range of telling us how Indira is feeling with a short little amount of words is unbelievable. I mean, she is so incredibly talented at translating emotion through audio and audio alone it, it like surprise it's a it knocks my socks off every episode and Dira basically says to cordelia that like in her reality there was a scooby gang and you know people did rely on each other and people did share each other's feelings and so whatever this unlocks for cordelia it does get her to open up and we learned that the master sired Cordelia's sister turned Cordelia's sister into a vampire and then starved her of any nourishment any blood until she became like an animal like nearly rabid, what have you then locked Cordelia and vampire Sarah in a room together and of course Cordelia had to kill her own sister this is a bit of a there's a bit of gun in this story right this is this is Gunn's uh, yeah. arc with his sister from Angel. Um, his sister was turned into a vampire. He was a vampire hunter, and he had to kill his own sister. Um, I also got some notes of uh, the end of season two of Buffy, when Buffy kills Angelus, but it's Angel when he when she mm. kills him because we hear Cordelia say that like it was like she was her sister was a vampire, but in the last moments, like right before she was fully dust. Her sister like mm-hmm. recognized what was happening and looked at her and was devastated. Um so I and I like that. I like that there's some little pieces from other places here in this story. But... Yeah,
0: some some echoes of uh helpless as well. Helpless,
1: yes, being trapped in the room. Yeah. <sighs>
0: um, this is very sad. Oh, yeah, you know what? I had written down doo doo doo. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Um and Cordelia says the master killed us both that night. Ah. Yeah,
1: some really good writing in this bit. And I also think, you know, charisma has a very incredible ability to give us a lot. I mean, these monologues are pretty long and I was wrapped for all of them, paying attention to every detail of the story. Um, Lines that I highlighted were, you don't know what it's like to choke down your grief just to keep functioning. Um, And then I never asked for it. Yeah, I may be good at it, but all that means is I'm good at two. Things killing and not dying that's
0: I know powerful, and hard, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like, she's, she's crushing, yeah.
1: I'd like to play a little sound clip here of um, just a quick exchange between Cordelia and Indira in this scene, um, just so we can hear a little bit of what Charisma is doing, and also I think uh, what Leia is doing, even though Leia only has one, two, three, four, four words in this clip.
0: Every loss I've experienced. Sarah, Harmony, my Giles, Jesse. It's like a dull egg that never goes away. Cordelia, if I'd known you'd what? Not ask me thoughtless questions?
1: Seriously, you don't even know me. So don't try and understand me.
0: Uh, are we to understand that Jesse was the boy she liked? I was
1: hoping that you would pick up on that, Jenny. Yes. I do believe that Jesse I mean... was the
0: boy she liked. You're hoping I would pick up on that. <laughs> Please. Uh... Yeah. Also, did we already know that Harmony was dead in this universe? Um, I think only insofar as they, you know, w- we already got a list of people close to her that were killed, and right. one of them was her best friend. Okay, and one of them was the boy she likes. Okay, so okay, okay. Harmony Jesse. You hate to see it,
1: Harmony living longer than nearly everyone in the Buffyverse in the reality we know, but she didn't. La- yeah. She did not last here. Um, but yeah, this is just—it's. Um, I think it's really beautiful, and I think it's also really important and uh, good backstory for Cordelia the Slayer.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, and I love charisma. It's so great. Yeah. And now, um. Yet another, yet another uh, individual who said yes to the big reunion. It's the Sunnydale Zoo
1: <laughs> and the hyenas who have somehow, like the werewolves, fed on the hyenas. Vibes. That's is that what makes a werehyena?
0: <laughs> um, no, Kristen, that is not how it works. <laughs> but if a
1: werewolf bites a human, then the human becomes a werewolf who's human most of the time. So if a werewolf bites a hyena the pack the pack the okay. pack the pack john right. mark john mark play the pack by kristin
0: russo no <laughs> thanks um clem is allergic to hippopotami
1: i looked up okay so not to be i i promise i will limit myself to how many script things i, I talk about but like when I heard hippopotami from Giles, and I was, because I listen and read at the same time, and in the script it says hippopotamuses, and I was like, oh my God, did, like, did Tony Head say, sorry, but Giles would only say the correct plural of hippopotamuses. The correct plural is hippopotamuses. So I love that actually Tony Head was like, I feel like Giles would say hippopotami, simply to get to say hippopotami. Um,
0: Maybe it's the British plural.
1: Hmm. Uh, British folks, will you please email us at hello at bufferingcast to let us know what you say for the plural of hippopotamuses. Hippopotami. Uh, Clem is calling Giles Roop. We love to see it. Giles
0: hates it. (laughs) Clem is open to having a second best friend after Spike. Uh, that (laughs) slot is currently open. Giles, if you'd like to apply. I'm sorry. I mean Roop. Roop.
1: (sighs) OK, so Clem, in addition to his ears being large and making wonderful flapping noises, the largeness of his ears also allow him to hear better, uh, better, all the better to hear you with, says Clem. And he can hear the jingling of a small bell uh, following them, uh, sniffing and some puppy peeing noises. Um, and of course, this is Jasper. How exciting. But is it Jasper? Are we going to hit you in another sound clip right now? Yeah, we are, because Emma Caulfield deserves it.
0: Any sign of Anya? <laughs> the
1: way this little guy's freaking out, I don't think he's seen her.
0: No. we haven't seen her. But we're going to find her together. Oh, my God. Did the dog just talk? And did it sound weirdly
1: like Anyanka? Impossible. I think it's adorable.
0: Call me adorable again and I will rip out your throat with my... Ugh. This is so humiliating just threatening everyone's life while simultaneously demanding assistance and subservience
1: <laughs> oh this is very very fun um, I I sort of persuaded i helped shoehorn emma caulfield into doing a pup impression live on stage at comic-con for us <laughs> <laughs> and i i didn't know if it was gonna work and it took a little bit of back and forth but she she got there and she did that live for us and it was very Hello. very wonderful yes. she had to get she had to put on anya first and then was able to get to pup I mean, Anyanka first and then to Pupyanka. Like, it was like Mm -hmm. a layered journey for her as an actor, which I thought was very fun. It makes sense. We also learned that Anyanka doesn't want to kill Anya, right? Because there's this, like, we'll help you if you promise not to kill Anya moment. And she's like, why would I ever want to kill her? I obviously just want to smooch her until I fall into her body. (laughs)
0: Um, yes, queer culture. And uh, then uh-oh, animals descend upon them. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: this is that uh, the, don't worry if you're wondering how Anyanka got into the body of Jasper. It's simply quantum paradox, you guys. That's it's just the simplest explanation. Yeah. Um, two Anyas kind of in a um, orbit to another reality simply can't exist. So swoop into a puppy body. Zwoop. Zwoop. All right. Into the magic box we go. The minions are here to set themselves on fire as a means to torching the magic box. It seems like they could have just used some f- gasoline in a match, but right, we like the drama. They like the drama. They do
0: like the drama. You know who else likes the drama? Tara? Mm, Tara. <laughs> Tara? <laughs> no, I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh tells Anya, you know, you should just, like, go back uh, to whatever reality you scooted off to, and just, like, never return. hmm You'll
1: be safer that way. And Anya's like, mm-hmm. mm, how about not? How about I don't do that? And uh- Tara, for whatever reason, tells Anya that there's a book that she's after. So uh, some somewhere in this episode, we also learned that there's a book that Giles had that mentioned Kurgan. And maybe there's more that Tara can, you know, learn to help her with the sunlight math. And Tara tells Anya that Giles had this book. And so Anya, of course, is like, You will get that book over my dead body. To which Tara's like, Well, I, that's unfortunate. I didn't want it to have to be that way. And then we just hear like this very forceful wind and a scream, and we cut to the next scene. We do. okay cordelia i would have put ghost jonathan in the universe simply to get him to say cordelia in a spooky ghost voice honestly is there any word better to say as a ghost than cordelia
0: no i think that's the number one the best job you can get the best assignment you can get as a ghost (laughs) is haunting someone named cordelia or
1: ophelia you know just give give your ghost someone with a lot of vowels in their name to haunt uh, Cordelia's
0: like, he's a ghost. He's also a dweeb. <laughs> uh, Jonathan wants to know if he can trust Spike. There's this really great harpsichord and theremin cue. <laughs> while <Well>, meanwhile, <laughs> uh, over in the cemetery, Spike is like,
1: You're scared, ashamed of what you feel. And you can't you know you couldn't whisper in me is. spike okay listen <laughs> listen i sometimes inspired it, yeah and like <clears throat> this is f- this is a, this is a back massage for fans this is a ice cream cone for fans this is simply exists only to delight us and i feel like jenny for me as a person who likes the show, clearly, loves the show. Um, But also who, like, has interacted with so many people who love the show. I get this, like, double burst of excitement in moments like this where I'm, like, excited for myself. But then I'm so excited for them to be excited. <laughs> for the listeners to be excited, you know? Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> this did that for me. <laughs> Spike is, like, Spike knows that Cordelia killed his this reality spike at this point, And he's holding that also close to the chest and just simply calling her a hypocrite for no reason and, like, making side comments. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But he's not telling <laughs> her that he knows that she killed her spike.
0: Jonathan pieces out, beware of Jonathan! <laughs> <laughs> and Indira's like, hey, since this reality spike is dead... And that must have driven Drew absolutely bonkers. What if we quote resurrected Spike? And Spike says, "Smashing mm-hmm. Spike," because because Cordelia's play is like
1: just simply with the force of Spike. And Indira, like, they will be able to do this thing. But, like, you know, it's a way more fun plan for them to, like, pretend that Spike is back in this reality. So, yeah. Let's get Cordy on board. Let's all get to do a little play. (laughs)
0: Okay. Run and catch. Run and catch. The lamb is caught in the blackberry patch. Drusilla is giving major... Salad Fingers here? She I is like,
1: h- can't h- believe... Hubert
0: Cumberdale, Marjorie Stewart Baxter, and Jeremy Fisher. <laughs> it's amazing
1: to me that Salad Fingers must be, like, moving back into public consciousness because I just re-watched Salad Fingers literally two days ago. Whoa. Yeah, because do you remember that... Um, uh, that drinking out of cups being a bitch video that we watched a bunch of times of course yeah so that came into my feed and that made me remember oh yeah there was this and then there was charlie we're going to candy mountain so i went there and then from there i was like oh my god hubert cumberdale <laughs> so <laughs> in case that i'm ho- i'm hoping that there are other people in our uh, age bracket who are simply so proud of me for knowing exactly what my holy trinity is. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, congrats. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I agree. I also think that Drew should get her jingle um, for this, uh, for, the, for a few things. I'm gonna tell you why. A, for what you just did, for that performance from Drew. Uh, B, for her line, yes, I know you're only a doll. Do you think I'm demented? <laughs> And three for then later learning that Drusilla sometimes turns her minions into dolls?
0: Question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drusilla, you fill my heart with dread and still I'm late.
1: Oh, Jenny. Um, Okay, so whatever. There's this minion and he tastes like cinnamon and uh, Drusilla kills him. I would just really need to, I have to, before the episode is over, tell you that I want us to only ever call that minion
0: cinnamon I celebrate this. It's the only reasonable course of action. Thank you. Okay, so back at the zoo... Anyanka puppy is giving away their location with her yipping a there are these hyena human hybrids where hyenas not wolf hyena hybrids Kristen but rather human hyena hybrids wait what that's what they are they're human hyena
1: hybrids I thought they were
0: hyena werewolf hybrids no no
1: Oh, they're were hyenas because they are humans until they turn into hyenas. There we go. Oh, I thought they were hyenas until the moon was full and then they were werewolves. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so close. <laughs> Damn it. Uh Why would they leave the lion's den unlocked? do you think? Know. It's fucking
1: Sunnydale. You know what I mean? Uh, like, why anything? It's Sunnydale.
0: It's the place of chaos. So, Giles and Clem trapped on Yonka Puppy, small <laughs> enough to fit through the bars. She bites Clem and scampers away. <laughs> Farewell, Clement. <laughs> uh, it's just, listen, it's good to me. Okay. I like it. Yeah. My. <laughs> favorite audio of the episode is the mournful jingle jangle of Onyak Puppy's collar as she scampers away at the very end of the
1: episode. Oh, cute. My favorite audio is Clem's sneeze when he meets a hippopotamus. Uh, Mm. It's so Mm -hmm. good. It's like a backward sneeze. It's like the phlegm comes first and the air comes after. I just really appreciate the sound design. It's gross,
0: but it's effective. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, we've looked over hill and under Dale, and around the zoo, and hither and thither, all over the cemetery. There's nowhere, there's nowhere left for us to look, Kristen, but directly into the all-seeing eye of the Sexual Tension Awards!
1: I like how you're somehow melding my segment from the X Files, Kristen's crystal ball, with your segment, the sexual <laughs> tension wars. You just made your sexual
0: tension wars also all-seeing. <laughs> wow, fascinating. Duh, X-ray vision, baby.
1: <laughs> Sex ray vision.
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing is safe. No act is safe. <laughs> uh and none can be hidden from the all-seeing eye of the sexual tension awards. Come on. That's creepy. The Kristen's crystal ball sees into the future. The sexual tension awards season into the bedroom. That's so creepy, Jenny. Take it back. Dial it back. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I recant. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness. Um beautiful friends. <laughs> uh Today's episode, you know, there's a lot of like people trapped inside of dogs. There's a lot of like were hyenas and hippopotami. Um, there's not a lot of time for sexual tension. Mm-hmm. There's lore being expanded, there's character histories and character traumas being told to us. No, no time for romance except in one very special place.
1: Yeah, sorry, and this isn't going in as a contender, but Jenny, I did just remember that this is the episode where Drusilla says that what Tara Tara does with her fingers Listen. is, I know, it's- mm-hmm. yep, none Yep, none of Jenny's business, that's for sure.
0: It's none of my business personally, <laughs> but if it's your business, then I celebrate that for you. <laughs> this episode we are nominating we have collectively decided, mm-hmm. so I guess it's none of Kristen's business either, yeah. uh, to nominate Ghost Jonathan and Spike in the cemetery with a pottery wheel. Wow. Sorry. Just came to me. No, no. It's, that's, that's valid. Um, so if you'd like to cast your vote, <laughs> that's the only <laughs> duo we are nominating for this episode, although you can always write in in the comments. Somebody, listen. Last
1: time we did an episode of The X-Files, I shouted to the heavens, and I begged for a gif that would show Mulder crawling up into the attic and resting his eyes upon Chevy Chase. <laughs> and Emily McClough Street gave it to me. I own. I now own that content in my phone. I can watch it whenever I want. What I want from you, not Emily, any, it could be anyone, uh, is please a picture of ghost Jonathan... Uh, with his hands Wrapped around Spike As they make pottery
0: Together Please Thank you So Cast your vote <laughs> For Jonathan and Spike <laughs> By visiting Bufferingcast.com Slash S-T-A That will Take you right to the poll Where you can click Jonathan and Spike Or perhaps Spike and Jonathan
1: <laughs> Beautiful
0: And thank you for participating Section- Okay, I guess, uh, that's the episode. That's the whole episode. That's the whole episode. Um we will I can't wait to see what happens next.
1: Uh, me either. We got four more to go in the series, and um, I would like to tell you that we also have some really fun little extras coming your way because we got a couple of interviews set up with a couple of folks who you're gonna <sighs> like to hear from.
0: <gasps> so stay tuned for that please do. In the meantime, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast with Kristen, I am usually making music. Uh, In fact, I have my annual holiday stream coming up on December 14th. That's a magical event called Tidings of Comfort and J-O-Y, at which I play my holiday faves and also songs from my own sad holiday song songbook you can get tickets and information at chattty and and you can also say hello on socials at Jenny Young's do you still cover uh jingle bells at your tidings every single year that is the most important song great it's a very important uh, I'm I'm it's a real grassroots campaign to raise awareness yeah. about Versus 2, 3, and 4 of Jingle Bells. That's
1: why I asked, because it was you who raised my awareness. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Kristen Russo, and when I'm not talking about Buffy or Mulder or Scully or, I don't know, Triangle Buddy, I am... I know. Don't you miss Triangle Buddy? I forgot
0: about Triangle Buddy. Triangle Buddy, our
1: best friend. Um, I am often doing work with and for LGBTQ communities. You can learn about that on my website, kristinnoeline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Use that spelling of my first and middle name to find me on social media as well.
0: Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can email us at Hello at BufferingCast.com. You can support our work by becoming a patron of
1: ours. We would love it if you did. Uh, Patreon.com slash BufferingCast or all of this information, our production schedule, everything you pretty much ever need to know is on our website, BufferingCast.com. You can just click on Patreon over there as well.
0: This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until and next time, uh, uh, woo. 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 beware, <laughs> Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows, Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow, are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.